Hey, you all. So this is actually a uh, a really long podcast I'm splitting up into two. We recorded this last week, and literally in that time frame, so much has changed. And that is the issue when you start to talk about current events. It changes so quickly. Uh, what I like to always do is just talk about the truth here on the podcast. And uh, the truth of God's word is never changing, and it is transcendent. But uh, we do actually talk about some uh, some current events. So the current events that we talked about was actually um, uh, referring to Pastor John MacArthur and his choice to open the uh, the building and to actually have service. So uh, the comments that are coming up here are just our uh, our comments on what uh, what have happened, and they're really more not really comments, but they're more questions more than anything. Uh, but the other parts of the podcast that you see, the two podcasts that you'll hear coming up, are actually some uh, some newer stuff, and then the next podcast that you'll have coming out i'm gonna uh, do another one because we uh recorded on sunday uh so we <laughs> recorded two sundays in a row uh one of them was just two hours long because we were just talking because we hadn't been in the studio for a while and then the next one uh you'll see coming up is actually t- us talking about christ and the culture uh so that one is actually going to be kind of uh it's, it is kind of current events, but uh, it's mostly just saying what the scripture says about that. So thank you all for tuning in. You know, I always appreciate you all. I'm always open to some other comments and questions that you all have. I love them. Keep coming. Uh, keep them coming uh, so that we continue to bring you uh, great content. Uh, also, you can uh, send us an email to the truth talks podcast at gmail dot com. And then uh, if you want to leave us a voice message, uh, the number would be six one two. 88 truth uh, and I appreciate you all you know that and uh, now here is today's broadcast this is truth Talks. welcome back everyone to the truth talks podcast I'm your host buddy Boone thank you for joining us today with me is the pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church his name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, buddy. Good to be with you, man. It's Uncle. good to be back in the studio. Yes. Uh, Blowing off the cobwebs, man. Yeah, it's. I mean, the dust. And, <laughs> yeah, because it's been just so much. The uh, last podcast with uh, Pastor Helliger, Pastor Seymour, was uh, a good little break for me, actually, because all I had to do was edit three podcasts, and I had like a, set. a vacation. Yeah, oh, and like we a did that vacation. through Zoom. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so we didn't even have to come into the into the studio to do that, but it's always good to be back in the studio. Yeah, man. I honestly like the sound better in here, obviously, yeah. you know, because... I just like have, being with you in person. Yeah, that's, that's always good, too. Yeah, I don't, you know? I'm done with Zoom. You done? I'm done, man. I, I think it's a good tool. Oh, it's a good tool. Not I'm a, just tired of it. Not a good tool <laughs> to look at, the you know, to, to interpret the, the Bible with, uh, yeah. like, like people use social justice. And yeah. critical race theory, yeah, but no, it's, it's just not a an good analytical tool. tool. It's yeah, right, not a good analytical tool, but it's a good tool to to, to get the gospel out there uh, when you are uh, having a conversation with the guy that's all the way in California. That's it. So that is it. That is a. You are exactly right. It is a privilege and a blessing, but I'd much rather be face to face. Absolutely, yeah, much much rather be face to face. So we're actually today. Our topic is is we don't really have a topic per se. Uh, it's more of us just kind of catching up on some things that we yeah. uh, haven't had a chance to discuss. There's really not that much to talk about. Oh no, we don't. Our we, world's been been pretty calm. quiet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty quiet, pretty calm. Um, you know, it's it's just you know it, it's hard sometimes. No riots, no, no militias. Yeah. you know, rising up. <laughs> Thinking, <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of militias, I unfortunately the first thought in my head when I saw the. <laughs> the video footage i'm like why are y'all out there in all black in the sun <laughs> it, it put on, put it on some shorts or something man they didn't think that through did they i'm like man i i feel bad because some of them guys probably passed out i yeah. mean it was hot yeah. it's hot so crazy yeah so besides us just kind of you know talking through those things there are some things that uh i did want to kind of bring up and i guess we can start from the most recent thing and, and kind of talk through that. So 
obviously as a church, we have been worshiping a lot differently than what we, you know, uh, yep. have been doing in the past couple yeah. uh, of years, yes. you know, decades, I would say yeah. completely different, never been done before. Absolutely. Um, but what, you know, as far as like the, um, the, the statement that, uh, John MacArthur, he just came out with the blog post. And, um, if you, if you want to look at it, I would definitely encourage you to, there are a lot of great, uh, things in there. Um, but I just want to kind of get your thoughts on that statement and, you know, the, and just to give you all a kind of a heads up, uh, in the state of California right now, as a church, you are not allowed to, uh, worship. And the governor said it was indefinitely that he was going to shut down churches or his, in his words, uh, religious, religious institutions or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, places of worship. That's what he said. And also, uh, if you are to meet, it has to be less than 50 people and you are not allowed to sing when you gather. So, you know, excuse me, this, that summertime, you know, you had a summertime, uh, congestion. It's the worst. Cause you know, you can't get cold cause it's, it messes with your, your nostrils. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so he came out with a statement. Um, and one thing that I did get is that he was fed up with, you know, the whole government. Oh, that yeah. was kind of the tone that I got from it. Uh, clearly. And clearly, and I was, you know, as I read through it, I really felt like grabbing my torch and pitchfork and getting out there and just like, you know, <laughs> you don't have a right to, to step on my property. You know, I really felt like that as I was reading it. And uh, obviously, you know, I don't I don't ever question his uh, uh, his his biblical standpoint. Like I've never seen him in 50 years quote a scripture sure that sure. was like out of order like he sure. you know <clears throat> excuse me for lack of a better term he doesn't kenneth copeland a scripture no not um, at all but i just want to get your thoughts on yeah. this and especially in light of the past couple of months where oh, yeah. it's been shut down and now totally. at this point he's like all right yeah no i mean uh, let me just start by saying um without any reservation I, I have nothing but the utmost respect adoration love gratitude for uh pastor john i mean he's would be without question one of my uh heroes in the faith mm-hmm. one of them i would consider one of my mentors though i you know didn't spend a lot of time with him personally when i, I do know him personally but didn't, so I don't want to mis misstate and make it sound like I was, you know, sidling up with him and he was discipling me one on one, not at all. And and, and uh, m- man, to have that privilege would have been, mm-hmm. you know, would have been <laughs> amazing. But mm-hmm. the fact that I have had opportunities to sit down <clears throat> with him across the desk and talk with him and serve on staff under his leadership and sit in pastoral meetings with him twice a month and mm-hmm. you know listen and learn and. I was more like the uh, the mouse in the room. I just kept quiet and just let wisdom speak, which was whenever Pastor John opens his mouth, it was just like wisdom flowed. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I just sat there and tried my best to take as many notes as I could to keep mm-hmm. up with him because it was just like everything that came out was just amazing. Just can, I, like, can I pause you? And I want you to just know that that is exactly how I feel during your sermons oh well that's that's i'm sad trying to take as many notes that's as possible sad because I, there is no comparison between john MacArthur and myself I, I and i don't even think and i know that's not what you're saying that's but, not what i'm saying I, but, yeah. but i'm just saying to hear that it almost makes me laugh because yeah uh, but my point in saying that is is i will say and people have asked me about my time at grace church and i would and i would say and i will say this i think till my dying day probably one of the greatest graces in my life, right? Marrying, you know, my salvation, my marriage to what I believe is the greatest woman on the earth, Mm -hmm. right? And the children that the Lord has graced us with, Mm -hmm. the church that I do not deserve to pastor, Mm -hmm. and the time to sit under John MacArthur at, at Grace Church and then to serve in that ministry. 
I mean, there, there will probably be no greater grace in my life because I learned so much and I didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Still don't to have such a privilege because that ministry is amazing and mm-hmm. the church is such a blessing and those elders are phenomenal. And John MacArthur is, is he will go down in history without question as one of the greatest shepherds, pastors, teachers of our time without question. Right. And I think of all time, mm-hmm. he will. He, he will be like Charles Spurgeon, Martin Lloyd-Jones, no doubt about it. Even people that don't like him, you know, other pastors, other theologians, they, they will say the same thing yeah. because of all that God, and I preface this, right? I, I mean, I say this, all that God has done, not John MacArthur, because he would say the same thing. He hasn't done anything. He's just preached the word and God has done it. But God in his sovereign grace has chosen to use that man in a way that is beyond norm. Mm-hmm. And I think you just can't deny that. Right. I'm, I'm not a hero worshiper. I don't idol idolize any man. But I just do acknowledge when God's at work in a man and through a man, and I think you can't deny that. And and even through a church. And John MacArthur, one of the things I learned while I was there that so impressed me about Pastor John was how many times he reiterated this from the pulpit over and over again, that all that God has done, is doing, and will do through his ministry Mm -hmm. was all because of the church. Grace Church, the people of Grace Church, the mm-hmm. elders of Grace Church, the community of Grace Church. Like it was really the church that really kind of was the platform for all the and, and and I would agree with that after being there and seeing that phenomenal ministry. And mm-hmm. so I you know, at the end of the day, whatever whatever I'm gonna say is born out of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and the other thing is I feel like you're asking me, what is my response to John MacArthur's response? I feel like I don't even. I'm unworthy to respond. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what am I gonna say? I'm. I don't. I don't. I don't know enough to even begin to critique John MacArthur and somehow feel uh, feel at peace with that. Like, that's just that's just reality. I, I I'm. Um, uh, I just know who I am and and who I'm not, and so so I'm very hesitant. And uh, so, and because I love the ministry and many of the elders there, you know, a number of them are still my friends who I know dear, mm-hmm. dearly and interact with and would count some of my dearest brothers and, and as well as many of the members. So, um, but when it gets to the statement that was written on Friday, I know there was, uh, uh, without question, most of what is there, I would wholeheartedly agree with. Mm-hmm. especially the biblical substantiation, which that was one of the things I walked away from going, I love it. I love mm-hmm. all the scripture. I love, you know, I mean, you see, you right. see, I mean, I'm a byproduct of that. Mm-hmm. When I write, it's just mm-hmm. like, scripture, scripture, like every sentence of scripture. Mm-hmm. I was like, there it is. There it is. Yep. I love that. I was so encouraged by that. And, <clears throat> and of course not shocked by it. Cause that's, that's my training. That's my world. Right. And I mean, meaning I, I, breathed that air. Mm-hmm. I drew it in. It became part of me and I'm thankful for it because mm-hmm. there's there's so much encouragement and truth, right? That just shows we're basing this decision upon the word of God. And I and I was so thankful for that, but not surprised because that's normal there and and that's the way it should be. And uh, so I was grateful for that, thankful for that. Um, always thankful. <laughs> One of the things I love about Pastor John and uh, and Grace Church and the elders there, because again, Pastor, that statement was clear. It was not just Pastor John; it was the elders, mm-hmm. right? Even though he he is the leader among the leaders, he's the elder of the elders, so right. to speak. Um, it wasn't. It was their board, which I think is is good and right and true. No one man leads the church. God's design is a plurality of men. Of course, Christ is the head of the church, and of course that was said in that statement numerous times, which I loved. But um, and so uh, I appreciate that big time, um, and and resonate. Like I said, I resonate with everything that's in it, even the even what you said, the tone of the tone of oh, enough's enough. I guess is the right way to say it. Yeah. That's probably the right way. There's probably other words you could use that would probably be too strong, maybe mm-hmm. irritation or whatever. That would probably be too strong. I wouldn't want to say because I know those men, and that wouldn't. That wouldn't be right. But I would say there was clearly a tone in the letter that was enough is enough, mm-hmm. right? And I, I totally resonate with that because mm-hmm. I've told our elder board and our <clears throat> deacon board we met together early on in this. So, I mean, we this was back in April. I think we had a meeting in April or beginning of May where we sat down and talked through these things. 
at, at that the level. Of course, that's that was eons ago in Corona time. Yeah. Yeah. eons ago mm-hmm. so it was last year basically yeah i mean you know corona time you know every seven days is seven years mm-hmm. right and so so you know a lot has happened even since then but i was already kind of provoking our board to think at this level that not not if there's no longer an if but when when the time comes that we have to stand against our government what will that look like? How will we do that? When will that be? Because it's not, it's not going to be an if. It's pretty clear now. It's going to be a when. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced of that. I, and, and I remember telling our, our men then that it not only shocks me to say that, it pains me to say that. Because mm-hmm. I can tell you before this debacle, that thought has never entered my mind. Now, now, theologically, I've thought that and said that, right? Acts 5, you know, we must obey God rather than man. Of course, mm-hmm. I know that passage. I've taught on that. I've explained that. So, yeah, of course, I'm going to do that. But the idea that in our country that, that, would, that it would ever come to that mm-hmm. was so far from my mind. Right. It's like, yeah, that, that'll happen in my son's lifetime or that'll happen when I'm really old. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I could see it down the road with hate speech or something. <clears throat> you can no longer, you know, call sin sin or, or call out, you know, uh, homosexuality or transgender or whatever. I could see that. But that's, you know, down the road. Well, everything has escalated so quickly. That's like almost like somebody turned up the timetable to warp speed, and we've fast forwarded twenty years mm-hmm. in twenty days. Objects in the rear mirror may yes, appear yes, closer yes, than they are. Yes, it's like <laughs> yep. it's like what? It's like we woke up one day and we were twenty years mm-hmm. sooner with all of the de- debacle and the dis- dis- disintegration of society and and structures and history, and it's just like this thing is moving mm-hmm. at a pace. That honestly, no one can keep up with, right. which I think there's reasons for that, and we can talk about that later. But so, so I remember talking to our men and saying, <clears throat> "Guys, I think we need to start preparing ourselves now because this is a big decision that we're all going to have to wrestle with. We can't make this overnight, unless it's unless it's crystal clear. I mean, if they send down the gauntlet, you can't preach, you can't you know preach Christ or whatever, like Peter was told in Acts five. I mean, that's yeah, you make that in an instant, right? But some of these gray areas, some of the manipulation and clearly the mixed motives and and the political partisanship that's driving so much of this. Like, you know, how far do we let this go? How far do we, you know, this is this is hard stuff. Yeah. And even getting your heart ready to a place where you say, yeah, we can't do that no more. And, of course, as leaders of the church, we're responsible above all things to guide people into truth. And so you've got a, you've got, you know, 200 plus people at our church mm-hmm. who are following you you better you better have your act together mm-hmm. like you better know that where you're leading them is in the truth yeah so you know guys got to be ready for that especially leaders and some provoking them and and telling them you know listen this is coming you need to start thinking about it here's what you need to think here's here's some of the issues that you need to wrestle with and so our guys have been and we've been talking about it and one of the things I said then, was here are two critical issues that we must kind of define now as best as we can in an, in an age of, of ambiguity, um, is this. We need clarity. Like, clarity has to be the issue. Like, it has to be clear. We, we cannot stand up and, and go against Romans 13 and, and 1 Peter 2 in areas of that are gray and ambiguous. Mm-hmm. So whatever, whatever, whatever that thing is that's coming. So notice I didn't say if it's coming, it's going to have to be clear. It's going to have to be God commands this. The government says this, where it's crystal clear, or 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 God says do this, and the government forbids this. Right? It's going to have to be clear. But it's also um, not just what's the issue, but I think honestly the bigger issue is going to be how are we going to do it? Like how how are we, No, not, I'm not speaking church at large because I have no responsibility or authority or accountability for anybody but ourselves, but how is our elder board and our church going to respond in that moment? I honestly, and I told our men, I said, I think that's actually going to be the bigger issue. We're going to have to prepare ourselves to respond in such a way that it's clear to, to our people 
that it's gracious on all levels, that it's uncompromising on every step, and that it's humble. Even in, even in the midst of standing up for truth, we got to be marked by humility, not pride, not arrogance, and not self-serving, mm-hmm. not putting ourselves out there, not promoting ourselves. Because again, in, in Acts 5, which is a pivotal passage, you know, Peter doesn't make a big deal. They tell him, you can't do it. And he says, sorry, can't do that. Mm-hmm. He walks out the door and goes and preaches, right? And so there's a, there's a lesson to be learned from that. And so anyway, I say all that to say that these are difficult issues. These are complex issues. These are issues that in our nation we haven't been down before. Other nations have, and we can learn from those guys and see how they've wrestled with it. And, and Grace Church has many connections internationally, so no doubt they have that wisdom that I, I, I wish I had, right? Because mm-hmm. they, have, they have a lot of that with their missionaries and right. underground churches and all that. So, um, But for us, we got to be able to uh, think that through and deal with that. And I think we also have to realize that unless it's a federal issue, which we haven't dealt with any of that yet, thankfully, meaning a federal issue where it's national, you shall not preach, you shall not sing and worship. Like it's federal, it's everybody. That's different because then it comes across, it's, a, it's an umbrella that comes across to everybody. Right, right. What we've been dealing with is local, <clears throat> right? And it's different. It's different for Bowie than it is Annapolis mm-hmm. than it is Baltimore City. Yeah. Like it changes every 10 miles. Mm-hmm. And and that adds to the complexity, mm-hmm. that adds to the ambiguity, that adds to the frustration, that adds to the confusion, that adds to all of the the uh menagerie of misery that this thing is. It's just like because what's right for George Lawson at Baltimore Bible Church mm-hmm. is not going to be right for us because they got a whole different set of issues right. from their executive. Locally. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it, it, and this is something that I'm going to be teaching on in September when I do this series on the church and government. And But this reality of, you know, you have federal issues given, handed down from, you know, the president and the and the House and the Senate and all of those issues from our legislative body federally. But then you go to our state, right, issues mm-hmm. and our governor. Mm-hmm. And then you go to your county executive, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go to your city mayor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like there are layers of, it's like a spider web of all these laws and leaders. And here's the issue that I think is going to be important that I haven't completely worked out yet, but I'm wrestling with it. It's what do you do when those leaders all disagree with one another? Hmm. Now you're really in a conundrum, yeah. right? And we're seeing some of that, not, not, not as much as I think we will. We're seeing some of it. Of course, the federal, like even our governor doesn't agree even with what Annapolis executive is doing, mm-hmm. right? And even how some of the schools won't open and he wants them to open. So you see all of this um, consternation even among the the local and state leadership and how they're wrestling out. Well, then here we are as a church or even beyond that businesses, you know, who do you listen to? Mm-hmm. Who do you follow? So my point in saying that is it's very confusing yeah, and it's very complex and it's very difficult to make definitive statements that are universal for everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can do that unless it's federal and it's universal. You know, again, I'm, I'm uh, Scripture aside, I mean, if we're called to preach Christ, we're called to disciple, make disciples, baptize, all of those things. That's a given. That's universal. But when the laws come down and they're and they're piecemealed by all these different parts, it's hard for, let's say, Belcroft to say this is what we're doing, and then to expect that of Hope Bible Church, right, mm-hmm. or Baltimore Bible Church, or Grace Community in Delaware, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like we can't do that. Or Grace in and, Long Beach, yeah, Long Beach, or Grace in California, like mm-hmm. in uh, L.A. You, like you just that's that's nonsense, mm-hmm. right? It's nonsense until the president comes down and makes an edict and says, "Thou shalt not," and we're like, "No, we won't." That's universal. Then, mm-hmm. then we stand together, unified, because the edict is is unified over all of us. But the way this thing is working, it's not that way. Mm-hmm. So, which is really hard because what it's doing, um, 
unwittingly maybe in so many ways it is pushing churches almost isolating them to where it's hard to even help one another because what we need to do is different than what they need to do yeah yeah now we can we encourage one another and the pastors i talk with about this we do but i i i see what they're doing it isn't going to work for us Mm -hmm. because like our county is the worst in maryland and I mean, we still really can't meet indoors the way we need to because mm-hmm. it's been so hard here, and yet other counties can. So I think that is something that we as leaders need to understand mm-hmm. and the complexity of it and the lack of unity in the problem needs to drive a sense of patience and grace in how we are all responding it's going to be different. The, 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 the lack of not compromising is not different, right? We cannot compromise. We must never compromise. We must stand upon the truth. That's undeniable. Anybody that knows me knows that. I don't even need to say that. But the issue yeah. is how do we flesh? Remember what I said? I told our elders the issue is going to be how. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the issue that um, um, with the statement that I have questions about. I've got questions not about necessarily the substance of what was in it clearly some things i probably wouldn't have said or i would have said differently maybe some of the tone but that's personal that's i i'm i don't judge those guys because they know better than i do and they know the situation and i'm not in california i really don't know what gavin newsom's doing other than everything i've ever seen him say and do has been pretty crazy and we're getting it from the news yeah yeah so so i don't know what they know Mm -hmm. and so i trust them Mm -hmm. and so they know things that i'm sure i don't know and so i i can't critique them because I'm not there, mm-hmm. right? Just like I'm sure they couldn't critique me based upon what our executive is doing mm-hmm. in Prince George's County. They have no clue mm-hmm. why we have to meet outdoors 30 miles away because we can't. And mm-hmm. so so I, I can't do that. So I can't really make a definitive statement about the statement as it pertains to the substance in the statement because I'm not there. But what I can say is I think uh, I've got questions. I've got questions about um how the statement was was unveiled i don't know i don't know um some of their thought process behind the way that the statement uh has come out and some of the verbiage in the statement as it relates to the tone and some of the things like you said where it's obvious enough's enough and well are you to that point yet because to me it doesn't seem like we're there yet see mm-hmm. again it's one of those things where i'm looking at it going Listen, I used that phrase with our elders, and I said, there's going to come a time when we're going to say enough's enough. Mm -hmm. And I said this. I said, and it's going to be different for every church within every region because there are all these different laws. So maybe they're there because of what they're dealing with. I just, my question, I just have questions. I just, I honestly, I need more time to interact uh, with some of those guys and to listen and to hear. And so it's hard for me to say this is wrong, this is right, because I just don't I don't know all the answers yet. I mean, I don't know all the questions. I don't know all the details around it. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, yep, uh, that's what they did. That must be what they thought they should do. I just read it and go, yeah, I don't know. I, I, just, I look at their situation and think, man, I, I wouldn't have made that decision. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel like, I don't feel like that line was drawn yet, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning, I mean, they went back indoors with no social distance, no masks, no nothing. I mean, it was just like like it had always been. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just like, whoa. And I know they're, you know, looking at getting their power cut off. And, you know, it's like it's stirring. like Because that's what happens. Once you cross that line, then it's the battle is on. Mm-hmm. And, again, no worries. All right, the battle's on. Who, who cares? We're going we're gonna to do this. And that's the way they'll do it because – because they're faithful that way, but the problem is, was that t- was now the time to draw that line? Mm-hmm. That's the question that I have, that only they can answer, and they have to answer for that. I don't, so it really doesn't matter what I think. But for us here, that's what I keep wrestling with. Every time we get a, an order comes down, and I look at it and go, "Yeah, I don't agree with that order," because I haven't agreed with most of the orders that we've been given, and I've said that clearly. But I, again, I agree with the command in scripture that I need to submit and I want to submit and I want to support and I want to give the benefit of the doubt to our leaders. And I do that as best that I can. doesn't mean I have to agree with them and I don't often, but 
every time I wrestle with it, I come to the conclusion it's we're, we're not there yet. It's not clear enough. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, um, but like what we did, it's like, oh, well, it's clear. We're going to meet outdoors. We're not mm-hmm. going to come back indoors with all these funky rules that they've got that are ridiculous, mm-hmm. that make no sense, that do hinder worship. We're just not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why we haven't. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we could. Right. And be all spread out and everybody where even our music team wearing masks. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't worship like that. So we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do? We're going to do exactly what we can do. We're going to meet outdoors mm-hmm. where we have fewer restrictions and it's safe. And it's better, and we can worship like we need to. Well, they can still do that. As far as I can tell in California, they can still do that. They've been mm-hmm. meeting outdoors in a tent. That's what mm-hmm. they've been doing. So to me, it's like, well, why not just continue that, mm-hmm. right? Why, 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 why cross the line now, mm-hmm. right? Because it's still not crystal clear yet. Yeah, he's pushing the envelope, and it may come to that. But to me, it's like, so you're going to cut your power. Then you can't even meet outdoors. Yeah. Right. And so now, again, that's why you've crossed that line. You've opened the floodgates. And now so I just I just got questions. And even part of the issue you I think you brought up earlier is do you need to meet at indoors? Like, do you see that's the issue that I I honestly think is healthy about some of this. It's pushing the envelope on some of our traditionalism that. So do we need a building? Like I love our building, especially ours, right? Mm-hmm. I love our our sanctuary and the style, and I I love that. And I, I I I mean I'm comfortable in that, and I think it's good. But we're gonna worship whether we have that or not. Mm-hmm. We're gonna worship in the field. We're gonna worship at the camp. We're gonna worship in the home. We're not gonna stop worshiping. Mm-hmm. But it very it very well may be that we need to change where we worship, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. The early church did that. And so some of, some of like I'm reading, I'm going, well, couldn't you just adjust? Couldn't you, you know, make some things like, again, like they were out in the parking lot, which I, I, I've been there. I know how that works. You can do that. Mm-hmm. We've done it for many other things there. Mm-hmm. So that's my questions. I'm not, I'm not coming down and saying wrong or right. I'm just saying, I got questions. It's not a critique. It's just, it's just more of a, I, you know, you need some more information. Well, I read, so this is how, this is how I, I, I read the statement and I walked away with more questions than I did answers. Mm-hmm. Because again, I kind of have the same exact convictions theologically. So all the good things that were said about government and church and Christ being the head and government Caesar not being able to tell the church, all of that, I'm like, yeah, amen. I'm with you. I got that. That's what mm-hmm. the Bible teaches. So that I was there before I read the statement, but all the other stuff about some of the logistics and some of the stuff they said, and even some of the things brought in, even constitutionally, I just, I, I, I just, it led me, it left me more confused mm-hmm. than it did uh, convicted. And it didn't look like he was trying to make. And I think he said that he wasn't trying to make the argument constitutional. Nope, he, he didn't. Thankful, thankfully, because mm-hmm. that doesn't work and it doesn't help. But even what he said when he brought that in, I don't think was uh, necessarily uh, helpful. And uh, I didn't think it helped anything. And as a matter of fact, I thought it confused some things, honestly, mm-hmm. um, even as it pertained to worship and all that. So, so again, I, what will happen is time, time will tell. And there, time, there's time. probably going to be another response oh, of course to it will that, be. you yeah, know, there, just like, hey, well, it'll, let me clarify yeah, some things. And I, I'm, I mean, I don't know, but I'm confident that I'm not going to be the only one that's going, wait a minute. I'm scratching my head going, like, is there nothing else that could have been done? Mm-hmm. Is there? And then they'll come in and say, well, this is what we were told. This, and then it'll be like, oh, OK, that makes yeah. sense. If I was in that, then I would have done the same thing. And so that's 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 what I think we need. And and again, probably my biggest what i would say i do have issues with and at the end um was just i felt like like it felt like there was a sense in which and this could be just me totally misreading it and and i admit that and uh i pray that's what it was but i felt like there was almost a no you need to do the same thing Mm -hmm. like by the end of the letter i almost felt like and your church needs to do this as well and that's where i was like uh no no, we don't, because we don't have that edict. We if don't. You, if you have the edict coming on you, then you need to do that before mm-hmm. God. You need to stand firm and and not compromise. But we don't have that, mm-hmm. and so uh, that's where I I walk I walked away confused, going, this could potentially create more problems mm-hmm. because maybe some undiscerning pastors will get on a soapbox and start 
pushing their church and their elders in a direction they're not ready to go. Yeah. Because this is a divisive issue that, honestly, that we already have, you know, far too many weak churches and weak leaders, and this this could be something that creates more problems if it's not done with a shepherd's heart. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. It's and, like he did it. You know, we should be doing yes, the same thing. Yes, and, and that happens a lot, mm-hmm. a lot in Reformed churches Reformed churches are, are 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 filled a lot of times with guys who are puppets, not pastors. Hmm. So they just they just parrot what the latest book is. They parrot whoever their guy is, right? And any of those guys, whether it's John MacArthur, Steve Lawson, R.C. Sproul, Alistair Begg, whoever the guys are, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever they may be in your eyes, they would all say that's ridiculous and unhelpful mm-hmm. and not right. Yet it, that's reality, right? That is exactly what happens. And so when the guys put out statements and do things like this, you know, that often happens. And then it leaves a wake behind them in people in churches mm-hmm. where these young, uh, these young zealous pastors who have zeal without knowledge kind of say, well, John MacArthur did it. Alistair Begg did it. R.C. Sproul did it. Yeah. And now I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole bunch of people going, whoa, wait, we're doing what? Mm-hmm. And then churches split and there's all kinds of problems. And of course, that's not MacArthur or anybody else's fault. That's those, those elders' fault and those right. churches' fault. But that's reality. That I think in that section at the end, that's where I, I walked away going, yeah, man, they should have just left that off. Mm-hmm. They should have left that tone, that, that aspect off. That would have made it so much better and just you know, basically said, this is what we're doing because we know so many people do follow and watch what Grace Community Church does. And we want to be clear, but you know, this isn't, we don't know your situation. We don't know where you're at. Uh, you'll likely be in the same situation that we're in because California leads the way. We all know that yeah. what happens in California spreads. And so it would have been good for them to say, you know, we, uh, we understand we're on the front end of this being in California. So we want everybody to see and know what we're doing ahead of time so that you can be thinking about it now and preparing if it comes to you, but this may not be you, you know, that would have been so helpful. Mm-hmm. That would have been so helpful. That would have, that would have, taking some of the pressure off some of those guys. I mean, I feel no pressure because we're going to do whatever we got to do, mm-hmm. no matter what they do, because, again, we're responsible to Christ for what we do, not for what they do and vice versa, and right. so I don't worry about that. But not a lot of guys think that way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I just think that would have been really helpful. And so that I I was I was concerned about that and still am. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's my, that's my take. I'm looking forward to to uh, uh, reading more and hearing more as Phil and Phil Johnson and no doubt will respond and Pastor John will respond and there will be more to come and, and it'll become clear and I know he preached this morning. I'll go back and listen to the sermon tomorrow and, and that'll be helpful. I'm sure maybe some of my concerns will be answered then, Yeah. right? And so, but um, but I do, yeah, I'm, I'm not ready to wholesale say, yeah, that's the statement yet because mm-hmm. I still, I got questions and yeah. So, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for their stand on the truth and they're willing to go first. And that's always been John MacArthur's way and to plow where no one else will plow and to do what no one else will do and take the heat for it. And I mean, I admire that and, and, and pray that I would, I would be that faithful if I were in that position, but I'm thankful I'm not. <laughs> and I'm just being honest. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a lot. It's yeah. A, it's I mean, big... my, my, my young mind and my inability and insufficiency as a leader, I, I'm confident I would make more problems than I would ever uh, bring peace, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so John MacArthur knows he has forgotten more than I'll ever know. Mm-hmm. So I trust him and just say, if this is what he thinks to do, he needs to do to shepherd his people that he's responsible for before the Lord. He will give an account for it. He knows that better than me. Then so be it. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. But I know for me... It's a different response. It's a different response for sure at this point. And, uh, and I'm thankful that I don't have that pressure. Praise the Lord. Well, I appreciate you, your, uh, your take on it. I do have a question. Um, me and Beverly were having a conversation, and I'm, I'm just trying to think through a biblical way to say that I can't wear a mask because of, of my religion. So I just need <laughs> you to steer me in the right direction uh, in that 
because I think more than anything, COVID, you know, I have no problem with being six feet away from people. Yeah. I don't, I don't really care. You know, you stand in line, you stand in like a cart, you know, behind some, I don't care about that. Yeah. The masks are just for me, just probably one of the, one of the most irritating things in this whole thing. And I have I get something called a mask stash. There you go. So it's like the mask is covering my my stash and my mustache, and then it just it, it's just not right. So I I gotta constantly brush it and constantly comb my beard. It's just so irritating. Yeah. So uh, as far as that, I mean, you know, it has all to do with all the stuff, all the rules and everything. Yep. Um, can you give us some some encouragement mm-hmm. and or some yeah like some scriptural scriptural base that's hard to say i guess yeah um to just kind of persevere through the whole thing yeah well first thing i'll say is <clears throat> let's just pray that we don't have to wear these things much longer yeah right because uh, i'm with you i've wear mine so much because i'm interacting with so many people that my nose hurts yeah like it like the little metal thing that you know keeps my mask on my nose like i'm I'm about two hours in i can't take it anymore i gotta mm-hmm. take this thing off it hurts yeah. i need a break my yeah. nose needs a break man. Yeah. so uh and of course breathing through it in the heat you know it's one thing indoors when it's cooler but in the heat it, i don't i just don't do well mm-hmm. right and I, I don't like it i gotta focus and anyway so i'm with you on that and it is it's it's more difficult mentally right and and for some physically um, then people realize until you're like doing it, especially in the heat. So I get that. And I think we have to admit that. And, uh, and I think at the same time, I think we have to admit too, that there's still a lot of questions about the masks. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, time again, so much of this is going to become clear over the, over the next six months you watch, especially when the, when the, when the, uh, the voting booths open. Yeah, yeah. November fifth, you watch and see how much so this, so much of this changes. It, it um, and I don't, and I don't say that tongue in cheek. I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. So my point is, I do think we need to per- persevere through this, knowing that there's going to be enough truth come out sooner or later that we're going to then know, okay, how much does this help? Because no one really knows that yet. I think it's obvious it helps some, and I think we give the benefit of the doubt there. But does it really help that much, right? We don't know. We don't know. But at the same time, this is what I know. And this is the part that I think um, we can't lose sight of. Not only are we given the mandate that I think we need to obey from Mm -hmm. the government, and that's a no-brainer. I think, you know, our government has asked us to do this, or better yet, commanded us to do this. We just need to do it, period. Mm -hmm. So I I, I think that's clear, right? Um, So at this point, you know, now not indefinitely, right? But at this point where you see, you know, numbers going up, and I know there's all kinds of questions about the numbers. I have questions myself, you know. Those numbers get yeah. grief. Yeah. At first it was talking about the deaths, which yeah. are sad, yes. But now they're just talking, they're not even talking about the deaths. They're talking about the cases. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my goodness. So, and I, and I get that. But here's the part that I think we have to be careful and we have to be wise. So I thankfully know a number of people who have gotten COVID and have gotten really sick. Mm-hmm. I've known a number of people who have died. Mm-hmm. I know a number of people right now who are fighting for their life mm-hmm. in it. And and that's real. Like even who have gotten it over the, the last month and a half. So mm-hmm. in this last batch. So... I'm not at all even close to saying that it's not real, it's not serious, it's not viable. It is because I've had enough interaction with it. Is it as bad as as the media says? I'm confident, no. I think so much of this has been hyped up and there's all kinds of mixed motives. But there is enough of this reality spreading around that I think we need to be wise mm-hmm. and we need to be careful that we don't allow our own irritations and emotions get in the way of our own of our own desire to uh, one be wise and prudent with our own lives and mm-hmm. be smart but even in our own care for one another mm-hmm. right especially our older and those with comorbidities and those kind of things i just I, I, I i've seen enough to know that i i mean 
I don't want anybody in our church to get this, mm-hmm. and I don't want anybody surely to die from it. Right. And, and nobody believes in God's sovereignty and trust in God's providence more than me. Mm-hmm. So that's not the issue. I have absolutely no fear of this. But I also want to be prudent. The Proverbs talks about that all the time, right? I wear a seatbelt because I'm prudent, not because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of dying, mm-hmm. right? And, of course, it's a law, right? So, mm-hmm. so uh, you know, there's a reality to that that I think you've got to— um, You've got to be a wise man and a godly man and a patient man and a man who is not going to be distracted by, uh, for lack of a better word, temporal things. And Mm -hmm. that's where I think a lot of people have become distracted by the mask thing, and it has become a divisive issue for them and for the church. And I just think that's nonsense. Mm -hmm. It's nonsense because, honestly, I think, you know, 10 years from now, we're probably going to look back at this and think, what in the world? What was that? Mm-hmm. Right. But one thing's for sure. If we allow masks to divide us and split the church and end up in a debacle 10 years from now, we'll look back and go, why in the world did I do that? Yeah. It wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think we need to be smarter than that and see it as it's coming and it's just rolling along and go, all right, I'll deal with that. Mm-hmm. It's going to pass. Mm-hmm. It's going to go by. We're just going to keep preaching the gospel. We'll keep loving one another. Like, I mean, what did I baptize six people last week wearing a mask? That mm-hmm. was ridiculous. That mm-hmm. was ridiculous. Yep. But I did it. Yeah. I'm not going to stop baptizing people. Mm-hmm. All right, you want me to wear a mask because i got to be close to them? I'll wear a mask. Okay. Mm-hmm. No worries. I'm going to baptize, mm-hmm. and I'll wear a mask. You know? Did I want to wear a mask out in the middle of the heat, out in the river? No. But I wore one because mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop baptizing people. Right. And I want to be a good example. And I surely don't want to hurt somebody and be the cause of that. So, again, I think, you know, I think Philippians chapter 2 is so helpful, and I think that's been a guiding principle for me in this, and that is to have the the mind of Christ, Mm -hmm. right, and to consider others as uh, more important than yourself, Mm -hmm. to see their needs and to put them ahead of myself, as Christ did when he came to earth, and I think... um, that scripture can be twisted and manipulated and used in this whole deal, and I'm not talking about that side of it at all, mm-hmm. but I am talking about the fact that there are, like we had today, a number of ladies uh, specifically I'm thinking of who are in our service today that are well into that bracket of high risk, mm-hmm. and yet they're at our church, mm-hmm. and they are precious to me, mm-hmm. and I want nothing to happen to them. I know every day that's been written in their life is already you know, written in the Lamb's book, it's done, right? Mm -hmm. Psalm 139, they're not going to live one day longer than God. I get that. Yet at the same time, man, I want to do everything I can as a shepherd to love them and protect them and watch out for them. And I think that's on my heart all the time. Mm -hmm. We had a guy in our service today that uh, just finished out his cancer, right? Mm -hmm. With his whole esophagus being removed and all the cancer being removed. And I mean, he just finished that surgery a few, uh, you know, a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. right? And it's like I don't want anything to happen to him, mm-hmm. if at all possible. And yeah. yet he braved, he braved and came out. He's coming out now, right? And he's mm-hmm. here, and that's awesome. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to in any way. If I'm going to jeopardize, it's not worth it, mm-hmm. right? I want. He needs to worship. And he needs to be there. What What do we got to do to make that happen? Mm-hmm. We'll make it happen mm-hmm. for you, right? And so I think that's where uh, Philippians two is so helpful. Right. Again, look at Christ. Like, does Christ ever say, really, I got to put on human flesh? <laughs> Lord, like, wait a minute. You want me, the, the, the son of God, the creator, the, the, the radiance of your glory, you want me to put on human flesh? Mm-hmm. Father God, do you know what you're asking me? <clears throat> Did Christ ever say that? Yeah. Did Christ ever complain? I mean, wearing a mask and Christ putting on human flesh is such a terrible parallel because there's no comparison. Because mm-hmm. putting on a mask is like wearing a golden crown compared to putting on human flesh. Right. I mean, that's why it says he made himself a slave, mm-hmm. right? He, he put himself so low by putting on flesh mm-hmm. because the glory of God, compare Christ, compared to the glory of man is, there's no comparison. Mm-hmm. I mean, many have said it's like, you know, it's like God compared to an ant, but that doesn't do justice at all. I mean, there's right. there's none. And so Christ doesn't complain. Christ doesn't. He puts on human flesh. He lives upon this earth. He, I mean, he in that sense, he wore a mask for 33 
years, right? Yeah. And never complained, mm-hmm. never said a word, just went about all the frailties, all the issues that went with it, hunger, pain, suffering, tiredness, sickness, temptation, all of that just keeps going, just keeps going. So yeah. I, again, Philippians 2 and that mindset, so if I got to wear a mask right now to be a, a, a faithful citizen, to give a faithful testimony, and to be a faithful brother or sister to somebody who either is a high-risk person or even is a weaker brother, right, who mm-hmm. maybe has got some fears and some trepidation or some concerns that I don't have, and honestly, they shouldn't have, but they have them, but they need to grow through this. If I, if I need to put a mask on to encourage that brother, then to keep them from stumbling, right, mm-hmm. to keep them from sinning, that's the issue. It's not to appease them. That's where everybody gets that passage wrong. Like I'm not putting on a mask to appease you, but if me not wearing a mask is going to cause you to sin, mm-hmm. and it most often does because they're critiquing, they're irritated, or whatever, then, uh, yeah, I'm going to put on a mask to keep you from sinning. I'll do whatever I got to do to keep you from sinning. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and and there's clearly a lot of that going on. So I think when you take all that together and think about it, and you view the mask thing, you go, why is this even an issue? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's an irritation. Yes, none of us like it. But again, I wear a mask every time I go to the grocery store, every time I go to Lowe's, every time I'm you know, out, out in the community. Why can't I wear a mask you know, when I'm with my brothers and sisters at church for an hour and a half on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Of course I can. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. I can't wait till it's done. Mm-hmm. But for this short time frame, Again, I'm not saying indefinitely. If they come down and say it's indefinite, then we're going to have another discussion. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, it seems at this point it's enough to where it's like, let's just be wise. Let's not stir the pot. This is not a hill to die on. This is not that line that says, I'm ready to cross this line and bring more persecution in and create more problems. No, I'm, I'm willing to say, whatever. Okay, I'll wear the mask. But I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And if this makes you leave me alone, I'm happy to do that. So I I think yeah, Philippians two is is a uh, Philippians two one to eleven is a passage that I think we all need to meditate on, and would be helpful as we think th- this thing through, and then uh, um, and realize and realize that Christ is going to build His church, and uh, masks aren't going to stop that, and uh, and I think it's actually a growing time for all of us. It's humbling us and saying. So what will we go through to deal with this? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's helpful. It's yeah. been helpful for me. Yeah, yeah. So that is all COVID-related stuff. So we have gotten that out of the way. Now we need to go to uh, the next topic, which <laughs> I think is just as relevant to what's going on now in uh, the local church, the 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 Catholic church or not Roman Catholic, but the universal church. I mean, it pains me to even, okay. So I'll I'll put it to you like this. There, there is a limit as far as like stuff that I like to talk about on the podcast because, you know, especially with COVID, like it was lit, man, it's crazy. It's like about three months ago where I was like, all right, I don't want to talk about COVID anymore. Yeah. And it's like, it's still relevant because it's stuff is just still happening. Yeah. And I think what more irritated me was, uh, and I do use the word irritated, which, you know, is a bad word to use because, you know, I shouldn't be. Um, but it made me question just kind of like the motive of uh, the, the whole uh, Black Lives Matter social justice movement where those folks were out there protesting yeah. and you know, everything was, yep. was good. But when it came to the church, totally, that's totally. when everything was like, well, wait a minute. No, you can't meet because you all can spread. Yeah. And the argument was made, well, they're outside. Yeah. So, you know, they're outside and, you know, and they're not, you know, crunched together inside of a building. So, this brings me to the point of okay, why are they protest? Excuse me, why are they protesting? What brought them to that place? Um, and you know, as a as a person of uh, high melanin, 
this has been very trying for me. Gifted. Get, well, okay. <laughs> if that's what you want to call it, I'm not going to use that, that term. But I can. Yeah. It's for me. It's troubling because of the fact that there's so much, so many, so many people out there, and literally, I am, um, I'm forced to, in their eyes, I'm forced to believe a certain way. Yeah, I'm forced to uh, think a certain way. I'm forced to act a certain way, and not because of what. I truly believe in my heart, but because I am supposed to be this way because of the color of my skin. Totally. Now, of course, I can use a uh, the terms of, you know, hey, you know, even people that you follow. Martin Luther King said you know, he wants his kids to grow up in a, in a society where they're not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Um, so. This brings me to this statement where I have read through the Dallas statement on uh, social justice. Yep. And I signed it and I was in complete agreement with it, but I did have some questions. Good. And part of the questions were having to do with the part where, and let me pull it up so I can say this clearly. Um, it was talking about societies, some societies being better than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think that it was it. I, I, I couldn't even think that it was something out of like, you know, from a place of, um, you know, we think that black people are better than white people, or sure. white people are better than black people, because honestly, and I will be very clear with my uh um, less melanin brothers and sisters that are listening there. I, and I've said it so many times, there is, I believe a movement to literally take away the rights of what you, we consider white people. Yeah. Not just take them away, but to punish you because of your race. Totally. Or what they would consider your race. Totally. Um, and to me, it was like, a, wait a minute, I saw it, I, I'm seeing it coming, I saw it coming, I'm like, this is not what's supposed to be happening. But also, um, I just have some questions on like, how is that, like, just some feedback on that, like, mm-hmm. you know, what what is the proper way of looking at that, um, you know, I'm I'm pulling it up to to read it. This is called uh, stalling, radio yeah, stalling. That's good. But you know, why don't while you fill in? While you're stalling, let me say this. Mm-hmm. Um, while you're pulling it up, let me go back to um, a point on COVID and then the social stuff that I think we just need to reiterate over and over again. Um, and this isn't this isn't virtue signaling at all. So I hope no one misinterprets. But I think it's it's recalibrating. And there's a difference. I think we need to remind ourselves. This is the same thing with the masks and all of this. Mm -hmm. I think we need to remind ourselves daily, maybe sometimes hourly, that God is in control. Again, I think as as Reformed people, um, we give lip service to that truth way more than we do life service. Mm Mm-hmm. We're so used to talking about it that I think we can be, we become inoculated to the truth. Mm-hmm. So God is in control of everything, everywhere, everyone, in every place, every situation, every law, everything. If you believe that, then there comes a time where you have to wrestle with your response being, you don't like what's happening to you because you don't like what God is doing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to constantly remind ourselves, like COVID, right? You were, you brought up something that I think every one of us resonate with, myself included. And I think, I, I know I deal with this even in my own heart daily at times, just irritation. Like, this is this is a pain. Like, this is nonsense on so many levels. I just want to get back to doing what we were doing and moving on and all of that, right? And I think we're all dealing with that, especially now as especially mothers are trying to figure out what we're going to do with our kids, with school. I mean, it's, it's a disaster. Yeah. And yet, and yet, in the acknowledgement of that, I think we have to come to a place where we say, God's in control. Like, yeah. this is his plan. 
Mm-hmm. This was his plan before creation began, was COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And church is going through this debacle. And so there, that truth is far greater and, and more important than I think most of us are acknowledging, even personally in our lives. And we just have to say, all right, I just got to figure out how to make this work. Because God evidently, in his eternal plan, says this is what is going to happen at this time. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's more truth there that we need to wrestle with because uh, that will be helpful yeah. in all these things. If we just, Because here's, here's why. I've said it, and I'm going to keep saying it, so much of this is a distraction on the church, mm-hmm. like the masks and even some of the COVID stuff and clearly the social justice stuff. And I think if you're not careful, it will distract you and take you away from what God ultimately has called us to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it will rob your joy. It will rob your peace. It will rob your productivity because you're going to become so fixated on this all the time that uh, that's what Satan wants. That's what your heart wants, right? Mm-hmm. My heart wants that. And uh, I think uh, sound doctrine protects us from that and just says, all right, I guess I guess this is the way we're going now. Yeah. And we deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think uh, we need to be reminded of that all the time. Yeah. Right? So a prime example, Daniel in Babylon. It's like, all right. I mean, I got pulled away from my parents from as a as a as a as a young boy. I've got an exile. Here I am. Okay, what am I gonna do now? Well, I mean, he could have he could have sat and 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 wallowed in his sins or wallowed in his frustration, I should say, and irritation. Where I can, all right, I'm gonna shine here. I'm gonna do the best I can. I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna serve this wicked king, and I'm gonna go to my room every three times a day and pray mm-hmm. even though when they tell me i can't yeah right mm-hmm. and you notice when they said you couldn't he didn't stop doing it but he also didn't announce to everybody that he was going to pray <laughs> he just went and prayed right back to that how do you do it mm-hmm. right and so i again it's that god's in control and it's like okay all right let's just keep going like he's given us the map he's given us the method he's given us the mission it doesn't stop the misery he promised would come like even everything you're talking about. Well, yeah, they go off and they do riots and they tear down uh, tear down statues. They're setting buildings on fire, mm-hmm. and that's all fine. And the church wants to sing. No, you can't sing. What, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. But again, that shouldn't surprise us. Yeah. Because the Bible says this is what's going to happen. They hated me. They're going to hate you. Okay, what are you going to do? We're just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. We're going to do, you know. So again, I think... That's not it. I'm not virtue signaling, nor am I or am I trying to answer it simplistically. I know it's complex, yet sound doctrine is always our anchor and always our guide. Mm-hmm. And I think that reality of God's sovereignty and control of all of this helps control our emotions and our responses. And I think we need to remind ourselves the longer this goes on that God is still in control. Nothing has changed in his plan. We just need to be faithful, and let's keep going. And if that means wearing a mask, if that means social distancing, if that means dealing with social justice debacle that's going to rage on around us, well, you know what? Let it rage. We're going to stay faithful. So we're going to stop here and then come back next time. But now here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you have a minute and 15 seconds. To share the gospel? To share the gospel. The gospel of God is glorious and good news. It's good news in this way. There's bad news first, and the bad news is that you are a sinner. You have sinned against God. You have rebelled against His Word. You have uh, you have rejected His grace, and that sin deserves death. That sin deserves judgment. That de- that sin will ultimately land you in hell forever because you have spurned the grace of God, the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, who has created you, loved you, fed you, clothed you, cared for you, protected you. And you keep living for yourself and not him. That's the bad news. Mm -hmm. And all of us live under that judgment, John 3.36. The good news is is that God has made a way for us to escape from that judgment. And that good news is Jesus Christ. He has provided the Lamb of God, the Son of God, to come and bear our sin, to come and take our penalty away, and to give us the righteousness that we need to stand before God to stand before God, and the only way we gain that is by repenting of our sins and trusting in Christ alone. Amen. You did it in a minute and 15 seconds. Well, yeah. The gospel is so much more than that. He could have gone for another hour 
on the gospel, but we appreciate you all tuning in. There will be more times. But he's got this big timer in front of me that haunts me (laughs) that I have to get that done. Yeah, we want to make sure that everyone hears the gospel every single time uh, in our podcast so that you can know it and that you can give it to other people. Thanks for tuning in, uh, and we will see you next time here on the Truth Talks podcast. Thank you very much, and take care. Thanks for tuning in to this. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast. And visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.